We often obsess over things of which are not within our control. The concerns that occupy our mind are normally situations we can't even influence. I mean, we can't make changes regarding political policy, pandemic protocols, or worldwide worries. What can we do? It's time to go to the second mile, focusing on what you can control. Hey, this is Travis Agney. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast. We seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 541. Where he says, if anyone asks you to go one mile, go the second mile as well. It was this time when the uh, people of God were having to live in hostile territory where the actual soldiers would have to come. And if, if they saw someone coming, they could say, hey, you have to carry my equipment for one mile. It was the law. But what Jesus said is, hey, don't do just what the law requires. I want you to do what grace enables. So don't just do the bare minimum. But if something is required of you, see if you can go even further. And that's why this podcast exists, to give helpful uh, tips, I think, from God's Word to be able to walk in that truth of learning how to follow Jesus on the second mile. And that's why today I want to talk to you about focusing on what you can control. And you might feel like right now, uh, getting close to the end of 2020, like there's not a lot I can control. And I would agree with that. There's a lot of things of which that you feel like even whenever you do feel like you have control over, it can change in such a quick moment. Uh, But there are some things of which you can control. There are some things of which you can decide how you're going to react, um, how you're going to respond, what you're going to do intentionally to make sure there are some changes in your life or the lives around you. And so what I have realized about my life is the things that are probably getting us all in a tizzy, right, uh, at the end of 2020, uh, as it has jokingly be, and you've, you've probably heard it a thousand times, that these are unprecedented times. And I, I honestly believe we've had a unprecedented amount of using the word unprecedented this year. Uh, but I, I know this, that we we really are going through some unique times. But the things that we talk about, right, if you're going and you're talking with family, your spouse, your kids, your parents, your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, people at church, whatever, um, okay, how many conversations have you had recently where the word COVID hasn't come up? How many times have you talked about uh, something that hasn't done with politics or um, the civil unrest that's going on or the overall economy in our country? And, and if those conversations are coming up, it's, it's obvious why, right? They're on our minds. They're on our hearts. Uh, you might have different levels of anxiety surrounding those issues. But let me ask you to think about this um, singular issue. How many of those things can you actually control? I mean, I understand. I, I believe that you have a vote and you need to use it. But at the end of the day, can you really control what's going to happen in the White House the next few months? Uh, I know that you have concerns about masks and about protocol and germs and whatnot, but can you make a difference for the whole? You can't make a difference for the whole, but you can make it for you. So what are you doing about what you can control? So if we are going to focus on what we can control as believers in Christ, as disciples of Jesus, what are those things? Well, to make sure you know the difference if, if between first-mile believers and second-mile believers, something I like to do every week is just to remind, uh, first-mile believers would be those that are aware of the issues, right? They know the, the issues and the struggles that are going on all around the world. They're aware of them. They're cognizant of it. They're praying. They're thinking biblically and rightly. That's great. Awareness of the issue. But a second-mile believer is someone who can accept the issues and decide, hey, what are the things that I'm actually going to do or allow it to change me? in the midst of it. 
And, and so as you think through that, like what can you accept that is beyond your control? And just like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, we have this propensity to want to be able to control all things, to be able to determine what is good, what is right. Uh, and honestly, a lot of times we want to play God and we want to be in control. And a lot of times the things that we're frustrated with God uh, regarding are those things in which we feel like he's not operating in the time frame in which we think he ought to operate. He's moving too slow. He's not handling it the way that we think it should be handled. And ultimately, there has to be this reliance on um, what Isaiah 55 says, that God's ways are not our ways, nor are his thoughts our thoughts. In fact, they're even higher and better than anything we could. And right now you may be thinking, yeah, but uh, my my high school graduation didn't go the way that I wanted to. Uh, my job field that I was hoping to get into has been completely messed up. Uh, we're planning a wedding and we don't know if anybody can come. Uh, our, our company that was moving forward with a lot of uh, financial projections and now everything seems to be tanking or at least slowing down. All these things that we, we thought that we could control, it seems like, man, is there anything we can control? But there is. So we have to understand that if God is doing things in 2020 or even next year that are against what you think is the best, you have to understand this. His ways are always better. So if he has a script that he's drawn and you have an opportunity to say, can you at least consider mine? I promise you it's going to be better than what his has always been better than anything that we could ever dream up. And one of the things that um, has been really helpful for me and, and our church congregation at Rocky Creek um, is we've been going through the book of Daniel. Uh, we're getting close to ending up uh, a 15-week sermon series through the book. And uh, and typically, everybody loves the first six chapters of Daniel because it's narrative and it talks about Daniel and his friends that were these godly men living in a pagan culture and they were faithful no matter what. Uh, but chapters 7 through 12 is where it gets really crazy and there's a lot of crazy dreams that they have. And honestly, if you read it and study a lot, you start having a few crazy dreams as well. And sometimes what happens is, is that there uh, at the end of the book from chapter 7 through 12, there's all these visions about um, the future and apocalypse and uh, the Antichrist and opposing armies and different things as it relates to God's people and, and the overwhelming sense of there, there's some pretty grim stuff that's out there. And I love that at the end of chapter 8, it was probably one of my favorite insights from the entire book that as I was studying, and it's not a verse that really typically comes up a lot, but he just basically had this vision of these two beasts that are going to be coming, and they represent these two government powers that are soon going to be oppressing God's people in the near future, and it seems overwhelming. And uh, and what's funny is, is that he even is overwhelmed by it. He's getting some interpretation of uh, the angel Gabriel comes along to help him uh, see what all this means. And he, he feels overwhelmed. He's, he's, you know, getting close to passing out and all these different things. And then at the end of chapter 8, he says this um, interesting thing, verse 27. It says, And I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for some days. Then I rose and went about the king's business. And, and I just thought it was the most humorous and yet helpful thing that probably I had read in the book. Because here was a man who had helped other people interpret certain dreams. Now he has a dream that alarms him, and it's about the future, and it's about things that he can't control. And it's about God saying, I can see the future as clearly as I see the present, and this is going to happen, and nothing can stop it. And what does Daniel do? Well, Daniel does what the only thing he knows what he can do. And he doesn't obsess over things of which he cannot control. God is over those things. He's sovereign over it all. Daniel's not sovereign. And so what does he do? He hears the vision, he gets overwhelmed by it, and then he gets up and he goes back to work day-to-day grinding it out.
I love this concept of Daniel, right? Like he's overwhelmed by the future. There are things of which he cannot control. And what does it say he did? He got up and he went back to work. And in fact, he went to go in the service of the king of Belshazzar, who was an absolute psychopath, who was deranged and uh, was just doing horrific things immorally. And Daniel went back to serve him. And he went back to his nine to five and uh, lived in a pagan world. And what was he doing during that time? He still got up and he still had three times of prayer every day. He, he got up and he studied the Word so that he would have insight into what the future was coming. He was he was developing and he, he'd been reading in his quiet time the book of Jeremiah and studying and realizing, oh, the, the end of the exile is getting near. And so he's praying about what he's reading. He's he's deciding what he will involve himself with and what things that are he's going to abstain from. And so he's, he's involved in the culture, but he's removed himself from the sin of the culture. Um, he is making sure that he's surrounding himself with other godly friends so that in the hardest of times, he knows how to stay faithful. Don't, don't, don't you see what's amazing about this? Is that Daniel realized there are certain things outside of my control. So what can I do? I can only do the things of which I can do. Like That's all I can focus on is what do I have control over? And, and so if I were to give you any you know insight or direction of how do you endure through 2020, how do you prepare through 2021, focus on what you can control. Get up in the morning and you get in the Word and you pray throughout the day. You stay holy and you make a stance for a personal holiness in the midst of a culture that does not. Surround yourself with other godly friends who think and live and believe like you and make sure that you're you're there. Allow yourself the opportunity that when the opportunity comes up to be able to speak truth into a pagan culture or among coworkers of which that don't follow your God, set yourself up where you're ready and primed to do that when those times come up. See, what Daniel says is, you know what? I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to focus on what I can control, and I'm going to leave all the other stuff to God. And and what happens when you're able to do that is even in the midst of the things of what you have somewhat control of, like you can control reading the Bible. You cannot make it have life transformation. Obviously, God has to do it, but you have to get up in the morning and decide, you know what? I'm going to open up the Bible. So my question to you is this. You've been watching the news. How's that helping you out right now? Have you read about the good news recently? You've been talking to everybody else about all the situations going on in life. Have you talked to God about it? I mean, seriously, poured your heart out before him. Like Psalm 62, 8 says that you can trust in him at all times and pour out your heart before him. Uh, You've been talking about the sins of other people or the frustrations you have about that um, political group or that party over there or these type of people and the sins that they commit. But what have you done to focus on the sins that you're struggling with right now? Uh, You've been talking about other groups of people and what they're about, but have you really surrounded yourself to prioritize the gathering of God's people? You might not feel comfortable going back to church service yet, but that doesn't mean you have to be detached from the people of God, which is the living, breathing church on the move. And so in all of this, what Satan can do is cause us to be overwhelmed by what's going on, or you can get so obsessed about the things of which you cannot control that you fail to observe and focus on the things of which you do have some jurisdiction over. You do have responsibility and the opportunity to get up, to be able to go to sleep at a good time tonight, to be able to get up in the morning, to get in the Word, to pray when you need to pray during the day, to surround yourself with godly people, to prioritize the church, to live holiness, to to walk in that humility of which we need to, to be ready that whenever the opportunity arises, be able to speak truth and point other people to God. You have those opportunities right now, and you can step into it. Or you can waste this very day by focusing and obsessing and worrying over things which you cannot control. 
I would encourage you to step back and to take into your hands what you can take into your hands. Do what you can do. I hope to see you on the second model.